Welcome to the Solving for X podcast. This is Elliot Holland, episode one. Let's begin. This is really exciting. Today I'm going to be revealing the one positive fact that changes everything about climate change. It's a paradigm shift for most people. This episode should help clarify climate change and how to go about solving the issue. Once you hear it, you won't look at climate change the same way ever again. Here's my question. Are you frustrated with climate change, CO2 emissions, big business polluters? Are you interested in alternative energies, green living, or climate action? For most of my adult life, I've been frustrated with the lack of available information and the misleading alternative solutions. Mostly, I want to know what I can do as an individual right now to combat the problem. With this show, I'm attempting to clear things up for myself and for you. In this episode, I'm going to be telling the story of my introduction to climate change and the philosophy I discovered along the way. I'm inspired by this realization, and I want to help people see the issue through this lens. If you've ever wondered how we will survive climate change and what you can do about it, then hold on to your seats. This episode just might blow your mind. The story begins with a movie called Waterworld. It was the summer of 1995. Atlantis Morissette dropped her album Jagged Little Pill. Hakeem Olajuwon was basketball's MVP. And elementary kids played this hit new game, Pogs. Up to that point in history, Waterworld was the largest, most expensive movie ever made. The film starred the superstar Kevin Costner just off a string of successful films like Field of Dreams, Robin Hood, and The Bodyguard. Waterworld was scheduled to be the biggest smash box office hit of the decade. My dad and I rode our bikes to the movie theater to see the matinee. At the age of 11, I was going to see a PG-13 movie. The film began with the Universal logo. We all recognized the earth spinning with 3D letters appearing over it. Bum bum bum... But suddenly the words disappeared and the globe spun alone. Then the ice caps began to melt, covering the earth in blue water. A narration began saying something like, In the future, the ice caps will melt and cover the entire world with water. Then the film's title appears, Waterworld. Waterworld was a complete failure. The plot was cheesy and it was panned by the critics. Its failure is likely due to its obvious agenda. It was clearly pointing to the growing concern of the 90s, global warming. The fear was, and still is, this simple question. Are we polluting the planet to extinction? When the film was over, I walked out of the movie theater disappointed and concerned. My father, sensing my concern, told me that if the ice caps melted, the oceans would only rise 200 feet. But that didn't make me feel any better. From that day on, I focused mainly on recycling, and I was a concerned citizen for the planet. Waterworld was my introduction to climate change. About a decade later, around 10 p.m. on a Saturday night, I was on a date. I like to think of myself as an intellectual, and I was taking this date to a movie called An Inconvenient Truth. This was not a date movie. Al Gore came out with this documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, 
in 2006. You can call it a documentary, but it's really just an hour-long speech. To be honest, Al Gore isn't particularly engaging. My criticism of an inconvenient truth is the lack of answers. To Al Gore's credit, he did a fantastic job of scaring me out of my mind. After watching An Inconvenient Truth, I was left with a sense of sorrow and despair. I didn't know what I was supposed to do about it. Perhaps Al Gore was simply sounding an alarm. Like Waterworld, An Inconvenient Truth was alarming the public about climate change. And also, like Waterworld, something about it was unsettling. So let's talk about alarms for a moment. What are alarms good for? For most of us, when an alarm goes off, we know what to do. Fire alarms mean there's a fire and we need to exit the building. When we hear a siren, we pull over to the side of the road. When an egg timer goes off, we check the stove for boiling eggs. We know what to do when we hear alarms. It's trained into our behavior. But when people sound the alarms on global warming, we don't know what to do. Over the credits of An Inconvenient Truth, there are suggestions like recycle, buy hybrid cars, and vote. But that's like a band-aid over a bullet hole. To be fair, the value of voting can't be overstated except when the voter is uninformed. An uninformed voter is almost as bad as not voting at all. The film gives us a few vague solutions. The one we hear the most is, we have to stop burning fossil fuels. In fact, Greta Thunberg, the young Swedish environmentalist, has made this point several times in her speeches around the world. Greta Thunberg and Al Gore are correct. If we stop CO2 emissions, then we stop the rising CO2 levels. My question is, how do we do that? The entire world runs on fossil fuels. And I do mean the entire world. As we see in this COVID-19 pandemic, stopping everything is only a temporary solution. It comes at a heavy economic price. Our society is fragile and complicated, and we don't want to destroy all the infrastructure we've built. Unfortunately, as they say, the devil's in the details. There is good news to report, there are answers out there. Lots of answers. I'm going to be talking about as many of them as I can find. Plant-based answers, CO2 capture, genetic modification, alternative energies, farming, consumerism, carbon taxes. These are just the tips of the icebergs, so to speak. There are so many things we can do but we have to make slow, calculated, unsexy moves. We don't want to do more harm than good. The goal is to shift towards a more sustainable model. And it starts with all of us understanding how to think about climate change. We all have to see the same problem before we can solve it. Unfortunately, the subject of global warming has become littered with conspiracy theories and propaganda. Political ideologies on all sides continue to hijack the climate issue to further their agenda. I call this problem solution pollution. This subject is so muddied with scientific distractions, we are left confused. We need to stay calm to think rationally about climate change to find scientific solutions. 
So the first solution is to silence the alarm. Take a deep breath and look at this problem from a bird's eye view. To start, let's side table the human-made CO2 emissions debate. My goal is to avoid blame and simply monitor all CO2 levels and emissions. If CO2 emissions are the problem, let's look at them on a global scale, not a human one. This might sound radical, but there's good reason for it. This problem can't be about blame. We all have to agree on solving the problem. Maybe you've heard this complaint from environmentalists. Humans are destroying the planet. Humans are cancer on the earth. You see, these statements are unhelpful. Frankly, they're not even logical. On the other side of the environmentalists are the climate deniers. You might hear them say, there is no way humans have any effect on the climate. The world is too big. You might even hear, burning fossil fuels is actually helping life on Earth. Again, this is not helpful or logical. So what's wrong with these arguments? I'm glad you asked. This is the big reveal. The reason I'm making this podcast the paradigm shift that changes the way I think about climate change. Here it is. The climate was going to change no matter what. There have been and continue to be global drying periods followed by global ice ages. There is no scientific body that questions this fact. This is just the nature of the planet. It's as predictable as a solar or lunar eclipse. We don't know exactly what causes these fluctuations because it's incredibly complicated. In these climate fluctuations, though, massive amounts of life on Earth dies, while some life thrives. We don't need to play the blame game. It's just not helpful. Calling humans a cancer on the Earth confuses the problem. Unless you are willing to call the ocean algae that produces too much oxygen pushing the Earth into an ice age also cancer on the earth. When looking at it through this lens, there is no blame to be had. But remember, ignoring the problem is just as bad. We know it's coming. So there you have it, the paradigm shift. It was going to happen with or without humans. We can neither take blame for it or ignore it. We must face it, study it, and eventually manage the climate. The way I look at it is, we have entered into climate stewardship. Yes, human activity is contributing vast amounts of CO2 emissions into the atmosphere. There's no denying that. For our future, it's essential we grow and discover alternative sources of energy and manage our CO2 output. The good news is we are not doomed. In fact, quite the opposite. We have options. Looking at this climate change as a pattern means we have two generic ways of approaching the solution. Option one, prepare for the changes and thrive in them. Basically, as the world gets hotter and drier, we create new technologies to survive. Option two, change the global patterns to provide climate stability. In essence, stop CO2 emissions in humans and prevent natural occurrences that upset the balance, like ocean, volcanic, and plant life CO2 emissions. The second one most people don't like to talk about. Controlling the climate seems somewhat obtuse and scary, but the fact of the matter is, 
By emitting so much CO2, we already are in a way controlling the climate, although we're not in control of what the effect is. The point is this. We can either prepare for the coming climate change, or we can try to prevent it. Each of these options are exciting. If you're anything like me, you opt for both answers. We should prepare for the coming climate fluctuation, as well as study the ways we can ease and prevent the changes. We can do both. I'm calling this adaptive paradise. We can prepare for climate change while preventing it. Adaptive paradise. That's my philosophy. I hope that helps you in facing climate change. The first step is knowing we have options. But it means we have to act now. My mother always told me, it's better to be safe than... I can never remember the last bit. If you know the end of that phrase, it's better to be safe than... Tweet at me, Elliot Holland 07. That's at Elliot Holland 07. If you're interested in how we as a society could prepare for climate change, please subscribe to the show. Next week, I'll be talking about what causes CO2 emissions, why that's important, and how we can reshape our civilization and our personal lives to combat climate change. Until then, This is Elliot Holland, Solving for X.